Okay, here we go. We're in our Christmas series called Fear Not, and I am looking forward to engaging today's conversation. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mary today, and I hope that every week that um, what we talk about is meaningful, and it's a conversation that um, will impact your life. And so we're in Christmas time, and if you're a parent, you know, if you're anybody, honestly, uh, I guess I'm a parent, so I think this way, but you're thinking about presents maybe, and giving or receiving, and, you know, I, I've been thinking today about memorable Christmas presents, and what's funny to me is so many of the memorable ones are the ones that I didn't like. Isn't that so bad? Where it's like so selfish, but I remember when I was really young, uh, we would gather either on Christmas Day or really close to it um, almost every year at my grandfather's uh, house, and it was on my, my dad's side of the family, so it was him and our family, and then his uh, sister and his brother and their families, and so I loved it because I got to be with my cousins, and each family wasn't so big at the time that we could do that, and, and so I loved doing that, and so I remember I was very young, and it was, you know, we were going to exchange presents, and so I think you know, looking back on it, they just exchange names amongst the family. Uh, if you've ever done that, you know, you draw names and you get a present for somebody just to even it out. So, um, you know, I know my sister has to buy, they have to buy presents for everybody. And that's stressful. I'm sorry if that's the case for you. <laughs> so they were doing one present. And so I'm excited about mine. My uncle was giving me my present that year. And so I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be great. And the box was pretty big. I found it. You know how you do. You go and you look under the tree. You find your name. And, and so I'm, like, really excited. And so it comes time, and they're calling names, and they probably do kids first because we can't wait. And, and, he, and so I'm opening this present in front of, like, the entire extended family. And it's a big box, and everybody's sitting around my time, and I opened it up. Of course, I've already set the precedent that I'm talking about bad presents, right? And so I open up this box, and it's socks. <laughs> For like a, probably a six, seven, eight-year-old, I don't know what, how old I was, but it was socks. And I'm like, who gives, like I'm that age, I know this, who gives out socks for Christmas? And, and I'm like, I think I publicly complained in the moment, you know, like we just have no filter at that age. And so, I don't know, hopefully I didn't cry, um, but you know, maybe I should have. But, you know, you know, looking back on it, it's obvious that my parents are like, uh, you know, they're like, what do we give your son? And like, well, he needs socks. And, you know, like they've got, they have four kids and it's like, I'm sure money was tight. And they're like, all right, we get to get this taken care of. And so... You know, and so I got a big box of socks, and I'm sure my mom was so happy to see that, and uh, it was a terrible gift. Um, the good thing is, is I love my uncle, and he's a great guy, so no bitter feelings there at all, um, but there you have it. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully your gift giving goes well this Christmas, um, but part, part of today's conversation is, you know, sometimes it doesn't go well. And I, I think that's what I love about the Christmas story. And we see, you know, the images every year of Christmas. We, we decorate, we put peace and joy, hope, and we sing those things. And it is, it is true. Um, but it can make the Christmas story seem like it's not actually relevant. And 
uh, you know, our lives are busy, and, and we'd love for the year to just stop right now, and we just, we're, you know, like live our lives like the movies where it seems like nobody has to worry about their job during Christmas season, but that's not really the case here in New York, and everybody's trying to cram things in, and like everything's getting shoved into a funnel, and there's timelines. As a, as a pastor, it's similar for me, too. And so it's not always easy to think about that, but then there's the layer of there's, there's, there's always trouble in our world, and there's, there's stresses in your life, things that you're thinking about. And so you might be in, really enjoying this time, and I think that's great, and you should be able to do that. And so all of this exists at the same time, and the Christmas story is, is similar. And so what, what I want us to do is just each week we're looking at the heart of God his pursuit of us. And when we look into this story, it is God at work and it is God living and engaging and coming into our world. And so we see who he is and how he works and his, his, how he, what you know, is important for us in our lives. And he stepped into a very troubling world. And in fact, him stepping into it caused trouble. And so we're learning these, these things. And so if there's anything you take away this Christmas season that you can remember as you walk through this time, and it's really good for your lives, but this, this thing, we're going to put this up here, it's, is, yeah, you know, it is tough. Yeah, it is tough. But there is joy. And we know that God is with us. And because of that, fear not. Fear not. All of these are God's words to us, and they all exist or can exist at the same time. And so we see in Luke 2, verse 10, the angels speaking to Mary, says, But the angels said to them, or to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And so for, to, to say the words, Do not be afraid, means they are. That there is fear. There are things to be afraid of. But there is good news and there's joy. And so these are principles that we are pulling from the Christmas story and honestly, all of Scripture and God's story to us. And I want to encourage you to lean into this. And the other thing about this that's so important for us is that this is true. We know this to be true. Isn't it something that somebody made up? This is an event in history. And so we believe this. And because we know it's true, it allows us to engage the principles that I'm walking through and, and, and step out in faith and engage God through our circumstances. And so uh, if you're someone who's pursuing God or not yet a believer in him, it's it's you're invited to engage this and say, we believe this is true. And if it is, what does that mean for you? And so here are the guiding principles in detail. We'll put all three up for you. And we talked about this last week. And this is going to be, uh, you know, overhead every week, uh, next week in Christmas Eve. But number one is God is not going to take away a tough world. Now, it doesn't mean that God won't take away, like, well, you may pray, you know, for a circumstance that's happening in your life, and he may engage that and answer those prayers, but he does not promise that he's going to take away the tough things. 
And sometimes we engage in our world where we pursue comfort. We want God to come in our lives, and we, it doesn't always work out. And we're like, okay, I need God to come alongside me in, in making my life be okay and be full of comfort. But God doesn't always do that. And so when we, and, and he wants to live in our lives despite of that. And when we understand this, it helps us engage him. And it can change your interaction. It can, it can actually bring hope to you. And this is important to know that God isn't going to take away this stuff. One day he eventually will. Ultimately, we know because of his death and his resurrection that he, his promises come true. And he will ultimately redeem us in full. And he's come to restore us. And so one day he will make that right. But right now, it will be tough. But... There's also joy to be found. There's always joy to be found. In fact, it is through these circumstances that God wants to lead you to that. And if we lean into this and how he works and how he wants to engage your life and your story, you can and will find joy. So we must learn to seek that out. But if you're having great joy, go for it. Enjoy that. Like that's a gift from God. But there's always joy, even in the toughest circumstances. And then number three, God is always with us. He is with us. He promises that, and he says that over and over again. He says, listen, there's trouble in the world, but fear not because I've overcome the world. And Jesus said, I, am, I will be with you. It's one of the last things he said before he ascended back into heaven after his resurrection. I will be with you. And it's a continual phrase that God has been saying to us from the beginning. I will be with you. As you engage a season, if there's only three things to remember, it's this. It is tough, there is joy, and God is with us. And so today, we're going to continue this, and I want to lean into this Mary's story and part of the Christmas story. Next week, we'll go into Joseph and Christmas Eve, the shepherds. And, and so with Mary, you know, most people have heard of Mary. And so just a real quick thing about Mary and we the mother of Jesus, um, but depending on your background, your history, your religious history, or the denominations you may have grown up in or been part of, Mary sometimes is, is seen or, or portrayed as almost like a holy and or a deity, and you can pray to her. And so we do not believe that here at DCC. And we, we read, you know, in the scriptures where it says, Mary, we're about to do that here in a little bit. But, you know, Mary, you are highly favored. But we also know that Mary was a, a sinful human being just like us. And that's why the virgin birth was so important. That, you know, we believe the baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's so important that, that it is from God and not of a sinful human tradition. And, and he was not born of sin coming actually from Mary because that means she was a sinful person just like you and me. But she was a devout follower of God and she was highly favored and God had, had a story for her to pursue in her life. And we learn from her. And so that's so important. So I, just, I think it's good to address that depending on some you know, background you may have had. That, that, that uh, we're not seeing her as a deity, no, only Christ. Only God is that. And so we worship him. Everything for us starts with Jesus, the Son of God. And he uses Mary just like he wants to use you and I. So let's engage the story of Mary. It's a, a real story in a specific time in history. 
in a crazy world, and her life goes from being super excited because she's engaged to having it completely flipped and turned upside down. So we're going to engage. This is found in Luke 1, starting in verse 26. So it says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now, last week I talked about <laughs> the how if you're coming from the outside, you haven't really actually read the Christmas story that much. Like It can sound kind of crazy because it starts talking about the sexual practices of Mary. Just, just being blunt about it. And it's like, what are we reading? Why? And it's, it's, it's actually important. And so for Mary, her life just got put really on display. And, and so we just acknowledge that. But it's, it's important because we're born of sin. And Jesus was not. It's conceived by the Holy Spirit. So these things were important. And it was also prophesied hundreds of years before in specific detail. And this was fulfilled in, in specific detail. It's one of the many, many reasons we have incredible faith and we know that I doubt and believe. Because it was fulfilled exactly. And so to many readers, they would be reading this. And it was it's a historical documentation of this that we have written in full. It's amazing. And so we read this, and it's like, wow, okay. So she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, which is important because it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from the line of David. So it continues. The virgin's name was Mary. The Okay, yep, the virgin's name was Mary. Okay. So the angels come, angel appears to her, says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So you can see, like, she's highly favored. What an incredible statement. But yes, an angel actually appears and shows up in front of her. Oh, my goodness. Right? Like, Nobody is expecting this. This does not happen. Like, they've read about it. She studied this. The angels, angels did appear a couple of times. And, and so the next response is pretty normal. What does it say? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Like, she's freaking out. I... The, I've, I was looking at this in depth because, you know, this is originally written in Greek. And, um, and one of the translations through the words here is she's confused and disturbed. It's an incredible emotion. I think it's so important to see the emotion of this. And so it, then the next verse says this, is, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You can keep going here, yeah. But the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, and I'm about to drop a bomb, <laughs> okay? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never End. This angel is announcing to Mary the Messiah is coming as a baby through her. 
and saying very specific things, fulfilling scripture. And maybe it's one of those moments in life where you, everything just goes into slow motion. His kingdom will never end. And she, her response is this, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive and is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I love that statement. We have a sure foundation in God. We can believe in Him, trusting in the confident sure hope that we have. For no word from God will ever fail. It's almost like a summation of what we call our Old Testament scriptures. Everything leading up to when Jesus came was God saying, you can trust me, and it's true. And, and, and we, they, would, they would live in that and see him work in their lives, and then they would walk away from it and experience the consequences and the, of their own sinful actions. And it was just I don't know if we believe that, and we just were drawn to these things. We, they would come back to him and believe him, and they just, they could, he was saying, you can trust me, you can trust me. And he is wanting you and I to hear that. We know this to be true. And there's, there, he's, he's performing miracles in their lives. For no word from God will ever fail. And in Scripture, we see these moments where God steps in and engages, and we see these incredible statements of faith. And God came to Abraham. He said similar things. I'm going to do this work through you, and your descendants will be innumerable. And it says that Abraham believed, and God credited it to him as righteous. And it was like, this was just an incredible moment of faith. And then the same here with Mary. And, and, and of all the emotions that she's hearing, just think about everything you just told. Like an angel just showed up. That was enough on its own. Says you're going to conceive and the Messiah, and then her answer is this: I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. It does not show her saying, "Okay, now." But she did say, "How is this going to work?" Right. But, you know, if it's you and me, we'll be like, okay, all right, while you're here, <laughs> let's write this out. You're right, like, this, what's going on, you know, what's the next, what's your 10-year plan? What's the five-year plan? And the one, and then the details month to month. Like, my boss is asking for this. All right, Joseph, this guy, you know, so, you know. And it's such a picture of many times of how God works. So I don't know that. Honestly, when we believe in him, it's, it's similar. I know. I believe that you're the Son of God. I, I, I surrender my life to you, and this is that place. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And it meant a lot. Like it, there's a lot that's happening. It's an amazing statement of faith. Such a great example to you, and me. And so let's just look at what it meant to. For Mary to engage this and say, okay, yes, God, let this happen. She experienced the three principles, began to see them 
in, in real time. So the first one is this. It is hard. It is hard. It was hard for Mary. This immediately meant many things for her. Let me just share some of the things that we see. If you continue to read in the Christmas story, and I'm not going to read all of our story, but you can do that. You know, read through Luke 1 and 2, and even some in Matthew. But, you know, she endured physical hardship. She became pregnant. And, you know, some of you who have been, been pregnant or are pregnant, you know, you can begin to understand that. And, and, and so, but she was moving. She had to move. Like there was a census that was uh, going to be taken. And so God caused her to be pregnant in a time where the, this crazy census, the Roman emperor is like, all right, everybody go back to your hometown. I don't care how awful this is. Everybody's having to literally go back to where they came from and travel there. And it happened to be while she's pregnant. And so I don't think it actually ever says in Scripture that she was on a donkey, but we put her on a donkey in all the pictures in the story. And so that's really hard. I mean, she, it, she couldn't walk a long distance, so that makes a lot of sense. And so, like, but they, their lives were disrupted. And that was just the beginning of it. She had social disruption. She became pregnant before she was married 2,000 years ago in a culture where that was not okay. And we'll look at Joseph's story, but he was like, I'm going to divorce you. You've done something. Like, he didn't believe her. Like, like, and so the, the, being, they became social outcasts to many. It would have been very hard in many ways. and would have stuck with her kind of like a scarlet letter type of thing. There was government oppression. They lived in an incredible time of, um, with a, you know, an, an evil, evil Roman emperor who, you know, the, the Herod who was over their specific region was, you know, kind of murderous and kind of a little bit crazy. He was good at constructing things and building things, and that was helpful. But, but here, it, you know, this guy suddenly became incredibly focused on them. The most feared person in the region, the most power in their area where they live, now suddenly was concerned with their family and seeking them out. And the results of that were devastating. Like because of God's work and His calling upon her, it, it caused others to die around here that she knew she would have known. It's a really hard story that's incredibly real. And you look at what's going on in our world today, and we see things that are hard to explain that we don't like, and we're fighting with one another. It's not any different. And we struggle to reconcile this. And this was because of what God was doing. It was hard. They, because of that, they became refugees, and they had to flee to Egypt. So there was instability. Their life was just not able to say, this is sure, this is sure. They just went into a couple of years of disruption. There was the fear of death. And so they're, you know, the angel's like, do not fear. And I'm sure there are many times where they're like, God, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And so this has happened. It is tough. And God did not take away the troubling world. But we see him at work. He was at work. And they could trust him, and they did. They continued to follow him. 
And so does that mean that if we follow God, then these specific things will happen to, these types of things will happen to us? No, that doesn't necessarily mean that. This was a calling for Mary and for Joseph, for them. I mean, it's a very unique thing. And so that's not going to be everybody's story. And does that mean that you, if you're really faithful to God, like if you're highly favored, then you're going to get a calling like this? That does not necessarily mean that either. Some of us are like, listen, I, I'll, be, I'll believe in God and be close to him, but I'm not getting that close. You know, like, no way. <laughs> if that's how, you know, that's not true either. But it does show us how God is working, that he doesn't always take away this hard world, but he is with us. But it shows us a God who knows them personally. So there's three things that we see in this. It's so important. We see his heart. And the first one is this, that God is aware of the world. He's aware of the world and the circumstances and that he knows you. He knew her name and he's working specifically in her life and her cousin. The angel's talking about her family in detail. God knows you. He is aware of the world and it's why we engage him. We seek him. We see, like if you read the Psalms, they, they're lamenting of the trouble that they see around them. And we're, we're engaging God to say, God, help us. We don't like what we're seeing. And so we've learned, we learn to lament. And it comes from an understanding and a faith and trust in him. He knows you. He is aware. He's a personal God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so go to him. Go to him. Number one, God is aware. He knows you. It's personal. Number two, the trouble of the world does not throw off God's purposes. He's not freaking out. He's engaging. And so we can go to him. And it's, it's a reminder that you and I are limited. And that's not easy for us. It's not easy for you because we can accomplish a lot of great things where we live. But our lives are a reminder that is, we're limited and we need him. And so it doesn't throw off his purposes. And so when you experience trouble and disruption and we have our own sinful patterns of behavior and things that, that you and I struggle with, and so we can learn to go to him and say, God, help me in this because you're not afraid. Help me not to be afraid. And we engage him. And we also see that he was coming to take a bigger problem away. So the present problems don't have any power over us. That's like the longest written point ever. He's come. He was coming. There was, you know, everybody at the time was wanting a Messiah to come to take, you know, for very specific reasons. Some of them had very political reasons and. They wanted to see their party take over. That's the tale as old as time. And they wanted to see this person overthrown. And that was what this Messiah was going to do. And, and Jesus came in and was like, hey, there's a bigger issue here, and it's our sin. And like the death that it's brought into the world. And so, and so you, know, but, you know, it means that we have hope in all things. And that's what's so beautiful about the story. God coming into our lives, and I know who you are, and I'm stepping into this. I am answering your prayers. And so even now... When the world is in turmoil, we, 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 we have our foundation in Christ. We have hope for now and the future, even when our circumstances don't work out. That's what it shows us. So it is hard. 
but God is with us. And the same was true for Mary. But it's so important with that to also see that there is joy. Like if I left us right there, that would not be a good place to leave us today. There is joy. And so that's important for you and I to see and to remember. And that so if your life is joyful right now and you're loving this season, man, that's, that's great. Don't feel guilty about that. That's a gift from God. Solomon talks about that when you read in, 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 in uh, the Scriptures. It's a gift from God. And if you have something to see and to be joyful about, be joyful. That's, that's great. But the other side of this, which is a, a true meaning of joy, it's not just when everything's going great. We, what God shows us is when things are also tough, there is joy. And you can see that and you can seek it out. And I want to encourage you to learn to look for this. To learn to look for joy. Because in my heart, and your heart too, but it, when I experience trouble, it's all I think about. Whatever drama it is, like I go to bed and I'm thinking about this thing. But as I'm learning, and listen, I'm, this Christmas message I'm loving because I'm, I'm praying that in my life right now. That God is challenging in my life and he's causing me to grow a lot. And I don't like that. I don't like the trouble that that feels in my heart. And I'm praying originally, God, I don't want this. Like, make this go away. And God's like, no, <laughs> I'm not taking this away. And so I've been praying this last week. God, I, I know that my heart doesn't like certain things, and I, give, I pray that you help me to see the joy and to lean into this. God, you leaned into hard things. You came into a hard world. Jesus experienced persecution. He experienced an excruciating death. He experienced people betraying him. He experienced God the Father turning his back on him when he took on our sin. And an emotion and experience I can't ever imagine. And I know because he leaned into hard things that he, he will be with me and I can too. And so I, I look for the joy. For the joy that's ahead, I lean into this. Sometimes it's a joy that's coming. There's always joy. And so look at what Mary does, what she says. So Mary goes and visits Elizabeth, and they're both so excited because they're both pregnant at the same time, and they've seen God work in answering prayer. That's really exciting. And so Mary gives this incredible praise to God, and it's documented for us. And so in, Mary, in Luke 1, verse 46, it says, Mary says this, and this is whole psalm of praise. She says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She reflects on the promises of God. 
It's like you fulfilled them, and I've been able to experience that personally. There is nothing like being part of God's story and seeing him use you and work in your life. And that's why you're invited into this journey at DCC and your city, and maybe, you, maybe you're here visiting or you belong to a different church and all these things, but you are always invited to engage in his story and to, and to see him use you in your life and your job. Maybe you don't like your job, but there's you're here because of that, and you're around others and people, and, 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 and we trust him. It's an opportunity to see him be faithful, and there's joy that comes with that. There's always joy to be found. For the joy that we know ahead, if things are difficult in your life, we engage our current circumstances. We can trust him, and it's an opportunity to experience him. We identify what is good. And we sow into the things that are good. Look for the joy. Seek that out. That's so important for you. But when you see what is good, make time for them. And that means that we stop and enjoy life. You need to have a place in your life, I think, each week where you can set aside your job, your worries, your email, and engage God and enjoy your life because we trust Him. There is joy to be had. We, we, we call it a Sabbath, a time of rest, a time off. If that freaks you out hearing that, start with three hours. <laughs> Turn off your phone for three hours. You know that it'll come back on. You'll be okay. Start small and increase it. It's an exercise of faith. There is joy. So you can enjoy your life. Seek Him. You need time to do that. Real quick, another thing of joy that Mary got to experience. In Luke 2, verses 15, uh, the, the angels had gone to the shepherds. In a similar fashion to Mary, they're like, oh, my goodness. And they, they, they run to find Mary and the baby in the manger. And so this is where it picks up. It says, The angels had left the shepherds and gone into the heavens, and the shepherds said to one another, That was interesting. No. They said, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So they're like, hey, would you believe this? this is what happened? And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. How incredible is that to see God so visibly at work? But look at what, how it impacted Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The words here, the, the words used here to, to write this sentence speak of a very deep and personal, like she, she held these deep down in the, you know, the deepest parts of who you are in her soul. And it's just a joy that she held on to. And just think of the foundation that that gave her to engage the hard things. They both work together. 
it's important that we seek out the joy. And then we know that we know this is the last one. And we have I've said this already but many times, but God is always with us. God is always with us. And that gives us the strength to engage the hard things. And it changes how you approach God. So, got a bad boss? Or we typically pray, God, take the boss away, take the boss away, take the boss away. Make them move, switch departments, you know, promotion to the other side. I don't know, like, or how about we pray differently? God, that'd be great, <laughs> but I know that you don't always take trouble away. So, Father, I know you've been through worse. You went through government oppression, death with false accusers, had an unsettled upbringing. You saw people turn against you who saw you heal the sick and still did it. You know what it's like to have someone against you. God didn't take this from you but used it for joy ahead. Father, help me to not be afraid. I pray for strength. Give me wisdom to engage, to say things that are not easy or to, to be humble. It changes how we approach God, how we pray to Him. When you do this, God changes you. You begin to experience him. You get to see his purpose at work in you. And you grow. And this is what the story shows us. And when you see this Christmas story, when you sing the words or see it and hear it in the loudspeaker at the, the store you're in, the elevator, you can be a reminder to go to him. This season, look for the joy. It's there. Seek it out. And know this. We can put this up. It is tough. It is tough. But there is joy. And we know that God is with us. So fear not. Let's pray together. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your pursuit of me. God, I thank you this week for the strength to grow and to experience you. God, I thank you for the things you've put in my life that you've allowed me to experience so that I will grow and experience the joy from that. God, I thank you for your good and faithful will that nothing throws off your purposes. God, I pray for those listening and all of us here today that what we are going through and what we're struggling with. God, I pray that we would know that you're with us and we can engage you. And I pray for the strength to stop and to pause and to seek you. We thank you for this. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.